What does your email inbox look like? If it looks anything like mine, it's 90% shopping websites that I've signed up for the discount, you know, the little pop-up menu, and says, sign up now for 20% off your first order that I never end up using. And now I'm ticked when they show up in my inbox every dang day. So what do I do? I of course ignore my inbox. And then when I finally get the strength to check it, I scan for the important stuff. The emails from my girl's teachers, the room mom responsibilities, the online bills, the neighborhood newsletter, and then I close it out until the next time. But on the flip side, as a small business owner, I want everyone to open my emails, except the stats don't lie. Nowadays, only 20% of marketing emails are opened. Clearly, no one is checking their emails anymore. Unless you still have that AOL email address. Then you do you, babe. You do you. It is time to reach your customers where they want to be reached. In fact, 75% of your customers prefer you quit using their email and they want you to use text messages instead. And how about this? 98% of text marketing messages are opened. If I'm doing my math right, I believe that's greater than 20%. Project Broadcast is the solution you're looking for. Keep your business in the palm of your customer's hand. It's personal, it's you, it's your business. Use the link in the show notes to receive 500 free text credits to start. I have been using it for a year now and I have seen a huge increase in my customer loyalty, my sales, and my customer engagement. Those are big business wins. To get those 500 free credits, go to www.projectbroadcast.com backslash question mark VIA equal girl boss rehab. The link's also in the show notes, y'all. Do you have a reservation? What's the name? Oh, yes, here you are. So glad you're here. I've been expecting you. I'm Tori Shira. But you already knew that, didn't you? Are you ready to fall in love with your direct sales business and purpose again? Well, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Girl Boss Rehab. Girl Boss Rehab. I am so excited. You guys, the sun is shining and it is above freezing. And so those are two very, very good things that make it for a great day. But I'm even more excited to introduce you to a new friend of mine. Thank you, social media for the connections that we get to make in all places. And I just want to say thank you for her time today. But I want to give you guys kind of a rundown of Lacey um, before I get her on here. She is a mom of three, a full-time school counselor, y'all. If you have kids in school, you know how important those are, okay? And to have a Christian mama in the school counseling position is amazing, And she is a Christian life and business coach, and she also is a children's church teacher. But where this comes into play, you guys, she has been in network marketing and social selling our industry for the last six years. 
And in 2022, she hit the top rank in her company. I am beyond excited to introduce you guys to Lacey Wall. Thank you so much, Lacey, for joining me today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm just so honored and really excited to be here and get to chat with you today. Well, this is, I mean, I I think we met through a Facebook group, right? That was kind of how we came together. And we're, I was like, oh, hey, wait. And so then we connected and start messaging back and forth on Instagram. And let's be honest, we've been trying to schedule this for what, two months now? Yeah, it's been a little while. <laughs> it has, it has. So, but that's how you know this this timing worked out perfect with Christmas break and all the things. And so um, I'm glad we finally got here on together. So, but I want to share, you and I were just talking about it before we jumped on here. I want you to share a little bit about how you got into network marketing. What made you decide that this was something that you wanted to do? Because you clearly, based on three kids and your full-time job as a school counselor, like that's a lot of full-time, like you're, you're busy. And then you decided to add this into the mix. So what what made you decide that network marketing, social selling was the way that you wanted to um, help your family? So the initial attraction was definitely the extra income potential. Because even though being blessed with a great career, and at the time I only had two kids, me being blessed with a great career, my husband's a teacher and a coach, we still were just struggling to make ends meet. Like we were still living in that cycle of like paycheck to paycheck and worrying about overdrafting. And part of that was just us not managing our finances well, which is something that being an entrepreneur has grown me into. So another perk that came from it. But some of it was just that education, as wonderful as it is and as much of a calling as it is, has limited pay. And so we know what our paychecks are going to be years in advance. And there was this big attraction to the fact that I could make my schedule I could decide how I wanted to work my business and I could bring in even a couple extra hundred dollars a month to be able to, you know, not overdraft at the end of the month or to be able to start paying down debts. So that's what initially brought me in. Okay. So just to ask the question here, why not a part-time job somewhere else or like where you knew, right? Because that's one of the the things that we always get asked, right? Where this is not a guarantee. You actually do have to work. And so, you know... Why, why not a part-time job where you could put in the hours and know that you're going to get a paycheck at the end of the week? Because I definitely had no hours to put in to a part-time job that like told me I needed to be here at this time and this day on all those things. I wanted that freedom and flexibility to squeeze it in where I could squeeze it in and to be able to sit on my couch and work my business with my kids beside me kind of a deal and not take away from family time because that's definitely not something I was willing to give up the extra cash. So to know that I could be home in the time that I had with my family and then choose to work the business around that was definitely the attraction over just like going and getting a part-time job somewhere. Okay. So have you been with the same company for the last six years, right? I have. Yes. Awesome. Was the business model for your company, was it more of a all online, all social media format or was, I mean, six years ago feels like a lifetime away. I bet for you too, right? Like even the last, I mean, the world has turned upside down and then 
slowly is writing itself, or I don't even know. Was the business model like a party model when you got in? Or did your company really want to focus on social selling at that point, like all online and Facebook parties and Instagram and that kind of thing? So it's really been a mixture of things, but very much more on the social media side, the online side. In the beginning of my business, I did build it up mostly by like lives on Facebook. And I guess that was really it at that time. Lives on Facebook was like the huge thing at the start. But I did do some in-person things. And I really loved that. That got me out of my shell. That got me meeting women in my community. And that got me like helping helping others feel their best too. And so definitely more online, but still a mixture. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. I mean, because I have been doing network marketing for 14. In July, it'll be 15 years. I've been with two different companies, but the first company I was with, it was, I mean, 15 years ago, all parties and like appointments and one-on-ones and consultations that way. And now to see the shift where so many things are online or people are just growing their social selling businesses from an Instagram following or, you know, from Facebook Lives or even like selling in groups, like the, I won't, well, we all know the company, but the leggings, right? Where they, those would, but I mean, it's shifted so much on how, mm-hmm. how much. And don't, do you find now that you get more time with your family now that everything's kind of expected to be online versus in the beginning of where it was more out, out of the house kind of stuff or a mix of? So I still like to do some in-person things, but we're going to get to this in a minute, I know. But in the beginning, I did not have boundaries. I like went all in really hard and I like fell victim to just always hustling. I I do believe there's a time and a place for hustle, but I but it shouldn't be all the time. And you shouldn't start building, like managing your life around your business at the center. And I was so, I guess, just excited and gun cold and like getting the paychecks and things were happening in the beginning that I'm the one that kind of didn't set that boundary and make sure that I was still prioritizing family time in the beginning. And so I feel like it's really because of that, that now I have more time with my family because I have hard boundaries. I've made sure that the priorities are in line. And of course, making sure that that God is the CEO of my business instead of the part-time consultant because that's how I used to really treat my business. And so I think it's not just because the times have changed and like it's more and more online now, but I think it's a combination of also me making sure that I had boundaries in that and not just getting caught up in the hustle of of it. Being like brand new in the industry at that time, I felt like I really didn't know any different. You start diving into trainings for network marketing and you like plug into network marketing gurus and it's just like major hustle culture. And so, and I did that. That's all I I thought my business has to look like this. I have to run it this way. And so this is what I'm going to do. And I found myself at a place a couple years in where I was so burnt out and exhausted and I was so overwhelmed. And I find, and that's when we lose people, right? Like there is that. Well, first time, before I go into that, what's your Enneagram number? Do you know? Oh my gosh, I don't. Okay, no, that's fair enough. So many of those out there, I always forget. But what's the one that is, thought maybe I could remember it. No, I don't know the number. 
I could go through uh, Enneagram is is something I've definitely geeked out over. I mean, I've even thought about becoming an Enneagram coach because there it's so fascinating to me. And I love how it it doesn't put you in a box. It just gives you the direction. And then you know what, like, I know what my stressors are and I can be more aware of what triggers me and what doesn't and where I'm healthy and unhealthy. So, but the reason I ask is because I'm a seven and that's the enthusiast. So I get distracted very easily by shiny things. And I find that I love being a student But I don't always love putting it into practice of like, I got to watch this class. I've got to listen to this. I've got to do this. And I spend more time being like consuming than implementing kind of thing. And that sometimes I find what a lot of people do when they start network marketing is that they consume so much without implementing anything, um, but they feel like they're working all the time. Like, do you find that or does that resonate with your first couple of years? I mean, obviously you worked really hard to get to the executive. Like, I mean, you obviously implemented as well. But when we spend so much time, the network network marketing gurus, I mean, there's so much out there now for us. Yes. And I'm going to come back and answer that. But while you were talking, I was having okay. to look. I knew I had my number in my notebook. Did you? And okay. 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 So I'm type three. I'm the achiever. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Which is yeah. like, I got to go all in. I got to do it all. And I've just got to like achieve, achieve, achieve. Yeah. Which explains exactly what I did. <laughs> well, and I want to say that I probably think, and I'm probably going to, you, you won't completely understand, but I think being in network market or social selling, whatever we want to call it, it, you be a three for that overachieving side or the achiever side, but then a two because you have a heart for others and helping others. And that's, I mean, the school counselor. I mean, obviously. So uh, that's a very fascinating. I love I love the Enneagram. So if you have any, I can definitely give you some Enneagram resources if you have <laughs> free time, which, you know, and when our children graduate, we'll all have free time, right? Yeah. No, but I, okay. I love learning about it too. So that's, I, and I think you're like nail on the head with two being a close second for me, for sure. Yeah, it's it, oh, it's so fascinating. I love the stuff. Okay, but let's share with them like how you were saying that you your first year in, you were hustle that because you didn't know any better. You didn't know what you didn't know. And then you got to an executive rank in your company. And then what? You used the word burnout when we spoke earlier. What? What happened when you burned out? What what was your reaction to the burnout or like, did you feel it? Did you want to walk away? Did you want to just stop doing trainings and doing, you know, just, I'm just going to maintain. I just want to serve who I've got. What happened at that point? The burnout for me, in my mind, I always pictured it like, like a cycle that happened. Like I would be running, 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 running or spinning all these plates. And then eventually all the plates like flew off the poles I was spinning them on. And I just like, I kind of crashed for a couple of days. And so I found myself, I never found myself wanting to walk away because I still like, I loved the community I was in. I loved the connection with my clients that I have. There were still a lot of positives, but I was still burnt out on the way that I was running my business that I did, I felt like I crashed and burned. 
I felt like I would run, 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 crash and burn, run, 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 crash and burn. And then it would take me a little while to pick myself back up again. And so it felt hard in those crash and burn days to show up. It felt hard to show up on social media where I was primarily running my business. It felt hard to show up for my teammates. And it just, I I just felt like, and I thought maybe this is just normal. You like have these cycles of running really hard and then crashing and burning and then picking yourself back up and going at it again. Okay. My question is, did you find that those burnout seasons or cycles ended with month end or quarters kind of based on company promotions or incentives or, you know, like trips to earn or things like that. Did you find that it corresponded with that? Sometimes it did. And then sometimes it corresponded with like a goal I had set for myself, like doing 30 days of life, 60 days of lives and those sort of things, because I felt like that was the next challenge that I needed to give myself. So sometimes it did like correlate with the company incentive or like end of month when we had some major things going on that month. And again, sometimes it was just my my own personal goals and pressure that I put on myself that were not like you look to others and you look at what they're doing. And we all know comparisons, the thief of joy, but we tend to do it anyways. And I look at, I was looking at what other top leaders were doing in their business, but they might not necessarily also work full time outside of the home or have other things on their plate like I do. You know, we all have different things on our plate, but I would look at them and think, well, I should be doing that too. So that I felt like I needed to challenge myself to do this thing bigger, do that thing longer, just continue to do that. And I was pushing myself to a place of unsustainability. I, I just wasn't able to keep up the pace of what I was doing without sacrificing like my mental health, my family time. And one thing I talk about was a huge wake up call for me. Like it hit me hard was, I don't know how, I, maybe about a year and a half into my business or so. My husband was like, Lacey, you're always on your phone. You're not present this anymore. And it wasn't just him. My family members had told me that. I felt like, and, and I felt so embarrassed because I knew it deep down. But it also felt like I don't know how to run this a different way. And there was still so much goodness. Like I was happy to be or am happy to be with the company I'm with. And I had a great, I have a great community of people and I love those client relationships but I didn't know how to take my foot off the gas in my business, spend more time with my family, and not let the business side just totally dwindle away. Yeah. Okay. So with that season, how long did that season of, I'm going to call it like a, a, a wa- it's almost like a wandering season, right? Where you're like, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing because I don't know anything different. So what was the catalyst for you getting the life coach? And what was the catalyst for change of 2022? Like what made you go, nah, this is what I need to do? Like, was it just some quiet time with God where he was like, come on, Lacey, I'm going to show you a different way. We're going to do it this way. You know, take one step. What was the catalyst for you? So... It was actually, I think it was in 2021, trying to remember the year. I think it was actually in 2021 leading me into 2022, or it might have been 2020. 
It was the year that we all run together now, like the 2020. I think we run together because, you know, like 2022 was the year of, of growth for me, but God started working in me before that. I mean, he started planting little seeds in me, even in 2020 about bringing him more into my business and being bolder in my faith, even in, on my platforms that he's given me. And like, I feel like the whole, really my whole journey in social selling has been him growing me into a bold Christian because I thought I was a shy Christian who felt like I didn't know about enough about the Bible to speak about it much. I wasn't going to pray over people because I thought I was terrible at praying. And like, he's worked on me in this um, journey for sure, growing me throughout the years. But I know about 2020, some things started moving and my husband and I made the commitment to build a house on our land, which is the house that we live in now. But I remember, and I don't remember if it was like the exact year, but when we made that commitment to build the house and we're signing the paperwork and it's officially official, short, and and we're relying on my extra income at this point. We've paid off, we've used it to pay off some debts, but we also know that we need that, the income coming in for my social selling business in order to make this house a reality. And so that pressure on my shoulders after we like officially signed everything started really making me panic because I knew I was in an unsustainable place with how I was running the business. And I felt like backed off from the pace I was doing it, then the income was going to back off too. And so I, I just felt so much like pressure. That's, that's the way I would describe it is just pressure on myself to continue to bring in this extra income for our family. And so the catalyst that really changed the game for me is shortly after we signed the papers to start the home building process, I had a major panic attack. Like I had already had panic and anxiety, but I had a really bad panic attack in the middle of the night one night, which was probably the first like big one I had had like that. And I remember, although my husband's so supportive of me and my business, I remember sneaking into the bathroom because I didn't want him to hear me. And I mean, I'm just like bawling and melting into the floor, like pure panic. And I, that is when I felt like God was like, Lacey, you've got to do this a different way. And I was like, okay, God, I'm going to do this a different way because I don't feel him. I've not felt him calling me away from the from my social selling business. Like I haven't felt him say, shut that door. There's still a lot of purpose that I am able to do through this business. And I feel like there's ways that I'm serving him. And I, he never has said, Lacey, you are shutting the store moving on. But he said, Lacey, you're going to do this a different way. There is a different way. And you're going to figure out how. And that's just when I made the decision to, to figure out how, how to do it a different way and to quit feeling like I had to just hustle and grind 24-7 until I had nothing left to give kind of a deal. Yeah. So then having that moment with God on the bathroom floor and him speaking to you, you're going to do this a different way. What was next? I mean, how do you wake up the next morning and go, okay, God, what do you, am I starting to, are you starting to search for mentors? Are you starting to start like, what's your Google search that the next day? Or what are you looking for to make that a reality? So for me, the first thing that I needed to do was make him the number one priority. 
I had, I was at that point in my life, and I know we all go through this as Christian women, where I sometimes was in the Bible, I sometimes was praying, I sometimes had that daily action, a daily quiet time with the Lord, but I didn't consistently. And I decided like that has got to become a priority. And so that's one change that I made was making time with God every single day a priority and involving Him in every decision I'm making over my business and praying about my business more. Before this point, when I would pray about my business, it was really just like, and please, Lord, I ask for blessings in my business, guide me, kind of a deal. But this time, it's really like I'm praying over my teammates. I'm praying over my future teammates who are not even in yet. I'm praying over the clients that I can impact. I'm praying over the decisions that I need to make. And I'm also praying over, Lord, help me prioritize my family and you and like the things that should be the priority and help me learn how to make my business come second and not first. Because I accidentally, and I and I hate, when I look back, I hate, I hate that I did that. Like it's embarrassing almost, but I know it's just a mistake that I made because I didn't know what I didn't know. But I hate when I look back that, I shouldn't use the word hate, that's really strong. I don't like that when I look back that it it was like my business became the priority because that was never the intention at all. And so I felt like just setting my mind back, fixating back on the Lord and prioritizing that family time. The reason I came into this business in the first place was the flexibility to work from anywhere that I wanted to, right? And I think a lot of us fall victim in this industry to that working from anywhere becomes working from everywhere all of the time. And that is very true. And I was going to go back just for a second on when you said that you hate or don't like, that your business became your priority in the beginning and thing. And I want to take just a moment to let you know that I have a feeling that God is using that, that you did that, so you can save other women from doing that. Oh, because yeah, exactly. They get to come into your your team, into your life, or into your mentorship with your counselor or, you know, your coaching. And, you know, they say, I just started this business. What do I do? And you're going, well, first of all, we're going to set some boundaries, you know, and you get to save hundreds, you know, if not thousands from whatever platform that you've got or that he's given you and say, you don't have to do it that way. I mean, literally a tide is changing because of the years that you did it. And he said, we're going to redeem this. It's just going to be through lives of others, which I just love how God uses everything for the good of those who love him. And, you know, little did you know, and on the bathroom floor having a panic attack that he's like, I have got so much more for you. And this is only going to be to help others and to impact the lives of others and have that. So I, I just love how God uses those moments while it was a really tough season for you. And you're like, Ugh, I hate it's embarrassing. I can't believe I didn't didn't want to do it. Like, I mean, one of my testimonial things is like the first five years of my marriage, I was the most selfish as I've ever been in an entire life. Granted, I got married at 21. My husband was 20 and 30. But I look back on those years and I go, oh, 
Lord, I'm so sorry. And I still ask my husband for forgiveness for those years. But I know that he's using those years now. So when, you know, when we're talking to other couples and things like that, it's like, okay, he's redeeming the years that were lost. So thank you for pointing that out too. Because when I share my story, I can use those really strong words because there is still that internal struggle when you have something in your past you wish that you would have realized sooner, like that I was prioritizing the wrong things. But I also, I have that same belief as you, like it's there for a purpose. And now I have the opportunity to go and help other women not make that same mistake or like, you know, bypass those times of where you would look back and go, man, why did I run my business that way? And so I love it. I I really do know God works in our lives like that. Well, I, the hardest person to forgive is often ourselves, right? Like, and we've, Forget. I mean, that is one of God's promises. He redeems anything that is lost and uses everything for the good of those who love him. Like, those are the two promises I cling to the most because I go, all right, if you're going to use everything, everything means everything. He didn't say everything except for like your mistakes and your sins and your, you know, like everything means everything. And then the redeeming of years lost, like, I just, I'm going, okay, like if you come tomorrow, you will have redeemed everything that needed to be redeemed, you know? So I love the book. I talk about this book all the time called Winning the War in Your Mind. You may have heard of it. Yeah. Who's the author? Craig Grishel. Yes, 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 yes. It's such a good book, but he talks about either the times in our lives where something didn't happen that we wished would have happened, or maybe when we're looking back at regrets of how, we were and we wish we were a different way. He talks about that as collateral goodness. A lot of the times we look at it as like collateral damage and all the negative that came from it, but we can really look at it and really study it and figure out like what goodness came from that journey. Like God had a plan all along in it and there's collateral goodness in the things that didn't happen or the things that happened that we wish didn't happen. Being tired all the time is like a badge of honor now. Oh, you haven't slept in a full week? Well, I may have slept, but I wake up like I feel like I just got hit by a truck. And how many times do we catch ourselves scanning the pantry or illuminating the kitchen with just the light from the fridge because I want something, I just don't know what. Wouldn't it be amazing if we could hit an actual reset button on our bodies just like we do on our phones when they start acting wonky? Y'all, now we can. I'm not kidding. In three days, you can feel healthier and more confident. Reset helps you reimagine your health, remove the roadblocks, and reset your course for health. With this three-day nutritionally supported fast, aka you won't starve. You're getting 68 grams of protein. Can I get a hallelujah? You are resetting your metabolic system on a cellular level. There is not enough fitness classes in the world that can do that, y'all. Go to crazyfaithmama.com backslash reset and get yours today. For the first 50, you'll see a promo code to get 10% off. So don't wait. Time to press the reset button on your body. I was just listening to uh, my ultimate favorite pastor, Jack Hibbs, and he was talking about he knew that Adam and Eve were going to sin in the Garden of Eden. He knew that. 
He still created them. He still gave us free will. And he made us in his image. God has a choice. We have a choice. And so he gave us that. And he knew from Adam and Eve, he knew he was going to send Jesus. He knew he was going to have Mary. He knew he was Jesus was going to have to die on the cross. He knew like the things, like all of that. He And so like you said, the collateral goodness, the collateral goodness of Eden is Jesus and the cross. Like, there you go. That sums up the history of the world. Yeah. Uh, but I, I love that because we, not that I'm, as a seven, <laughs> I usually, I'm, I'm not, I'm a realist, but I'm also like an optimist. I want to think the best I want, you know, because I, if I'm worrying about it, it's not going to help. But like we do, we want to, when we're having a pity party, we think of all the bad things, right? And just like, oh, I could have been so far along in my business had I just X, right? The comparison thing. If I had just been doing this, I would be at the top of my company now in 14 years. I would have, you know, if I had just continued and hustled and consistent, like it doesn't matter. He uses it all. So, okay. So get us to the good part where now things you've made that like, priority. God is first. I'm spending my quiet time with him. And then talk about the year of 2022 where you decided I needed outside mentorship from a your own Christian Christian life and business coach. And then and what resulted from that growth of 20, you know, 2019, 2020, 2022, all of that. So yeah, it was at the very beginning of 2022 where I, so I've already been on my journey involving God more, getting more in my like daily quiet time with him and making sure those things are happening. And in 2022, at the beginning of the year, I decided that I wanted to look for, first I started with a Christian life coach. Then I ended up finding even a Christian business coach. So I actually still work with both of them, but that journey not only helped me like that outside mentorship, someone believing in you, some, you know, when you need that extra accountability person or the thing when you're discouraged, that helped me make changes in my business, like figuring out how to do less better. That's what my business coach always says, do less better and working on some things like that. But it also called me into my next steps. Because around the same time that I started working with these coaches, God started planting a seed on my heart that there's there's a next step for you, Lacey. And at that time, I didn't know if it was getting my LPC certification, licensed professional counselor, because I'm just about, I think, four classes away from being able to be an LPC associate and work on those hours. So I was thinking, are you calling me more into the professional counseling realm outside of school counseling? Or I also was really interested in Christian coaching. And so I started exploring those paths and he called me to the coaching side. And that's where he also helped me bloom this beautiful coaching program for other Christian social sellers. So I can help teach them to not make the mistakes that I made in the past and to to get in alignment with God from the beginning, to get control of like their runaway negative self-sabotaging thoughts and to truly step into like kingdom success and to step boldly into their faith and spread their light and their love to others. And I think that it's so interesting too, because 
depending on the different social selling niches that you're in, there's some ones like the beauty niche. I hear a lot. It feels hard to like, that feels vain. How do I talk about God and bring God in when a beauty niche to me feels like vanity a little bit? And so I love just helping, like I did this through myself and now I'm getting to help others do it. Helping work on that mindset of you're just pouring into others to help them feel like their best self, like the the woman that God intends them to be their highest, truest self. And you have the opportunity to do that in your business through what you're doing, whether you're, you know, health and wellness or beauty or whatever plethora is out there. You can just figure out what are your God-given gifts and talents, what you're passionate about, and how can you serve in your business. And so anyway, I think I got really squirrel-brained on that topic. <laughs> No. And I love, and confidence for every woman is different. For some women, just putting on mascara makes them feel put together. I mean, how many of us, when the world shut down, did we just, yes, we spent six weeks in our yoga pants and didn't move and, you know, maybe showered every other day. But then when we were still in our houses or whatever, we finally were like, I just need to put on some makeup so I feel me, you know, I feel better. And so when I look at my reflection past the mirror that I walk through in the back, you know, you're like, okay, I'm still me. But it's amazing how just, I mean, while it's not, it can be vain, right? Uh, You know, but I mean, just a little bit of lip gloss and mascara makes a woman feel like a completely, you know, they can, they can rock the world. Right. I think the point of it there is you can bring God into anything you do. I really love, this comes from my life coach, when you're talking about purpose and your God-given calling. A lot of times we like seek it out there. Like, where is it? In what position am I going to be living out my God-given purpose? And purpose is just in us. Like, it's in us from the beginning. He created us full of purpose. And it's those, the gifts and the talents and the things that we're passionate about that's the purpose he gave us. And I can serve with that purpose, whether I'm like wiping baby bottoms or the CEO of a company, you know, and we just have to tap into that and figure out how can I bring that into what I'm doing on the daily, whether that's your social selling business, whether that's like how you're serving at school or whatever, how can I bring that more into what I'm doing on the daily? And I felt like as I tapped in more and more to that, more and more opportunities and doors have opened. My business has blossomed. Going back to like what has happened in 2022, after being stuck at the same rank from 2018 to 2022, for four years, I was stuck. And I think that was, I look back and I know that was just a growing season for me. And I say stuck, I was maintaining, but there just wasn't massive growth happening. I felt like I had just hit so many mental blocks and burnout. But in 2022, I just want to go into that a little bit. I mean, it's maintaining, right, is you're adding people. There are some people that are adding. You still have team members working, but there's attrition where people fall off. People are walking away. Like it's your, it feels like forever. You take two steps and then one step backwards, three steps, two step back. Like you're moving, you're moving forward. There's forward momentum, but then there's that like natural fall off and not, I mean, yeah, but I, I like the word stuck 
in the word because it's like, I'm on a treadmill, Lord. I'd like to get off the treadmill so I could actually move into like, actually walk down and have a place to go. Right. <laughs> the destination, right? So yeah, I feel like our industry does not talk about those years. Like if you're stuck, then you're doing something wrong. If there's not massive growth, then you're not working hard enough. You're not talking to enough people or, but I feel like it's in those places that God does the most work in our hearts Mm -hmm. because we, I mean, it slows us down and he can get our attention, you know, it's harder to dip He gets our attention easier in the valley than he does on the top of the mountain, which is so. But maybe as far as do you have um, other leaders in your company or, and I know it's kind of different everywhere. I mean, there's thousands of different direct selling companies. But do you feel like that there's that level of transparency in network marketing and and leaders that you know is like, hey, I got I get stuck. Like I was you know, like, I don't always hit my rank. I I don't always, you know, like sometimes there's a cycle where just naturally, like I didn't hit my rank or I didn't earn this and that's okay. God, that's what God has for me. Do you feel like that there's more enough transparency in our industry with when it comes to those kind of seasons? So I feel like there's not a lot of transparency there. And I don't I don't think it's necessarily done purposely, but I also know as a leader, when you are stuck, you also get stuck in the sense of like, how do I share where I'm at without making it look like I'm not doing the right things when I'm teaching my team too kind of a thing? Or how do I, it's hard to learn how to share your stuck places and how you're growing through them when you're also feeling like you've got to be this leader for people. Because I've been in that headspace too. Well, you don't want and I understand the purpose, like you don't want to discourage others, right? You don't want them to say, oh, well, if she got stuck, you know, like, and she's at the, like, then, but I feel like there's not enough when, and you're right. I mean, it is hard. And it's like, you never want to complain to your downlines. They don't need to, you know, there's. It is business after all. You don't come, you don't bring the problems to your downlines. You always go up and talk to your upline or like people who your mentors in the business and work through problems that way. You're not airing your dirty laundry. But I feel like there's not enough of us going, hey, I've been stuck at the same ring for four years. And honestly, it's a season of growth and it's okay. Like, and if God never has me go to my next rank, okay. I'm gonna keep working until he tells me to close this door. I've prayed that like prayer like god if i if i need to close the social selling door close it slam it in my face and you know to take that away if he wants to and then he's like not yet i've got a purpose keep going you know and cuz i've been at the same rank for two oh gosh no no it was 2020 so yeah two two and a half years and but i also am looking at it and going there's a whole lot of other stuff that he's been doing in the meantime, you know? And so I was just curious as far as getting another person's insight on when we do get stuck, when leaders get stuck, how much do we share? How much do we not share? Should we share more? So, right. And I think we can definitely share it in an encouraging way too, and not, not discouraging, but just like talking about what are the small wins that are happening while you're stuck? 
while you're like air quotes stuck. There's still small wins happening. God's working inside of you or there's other things that you're accomplishing in your life. And sometimes we put like a lot of weight on that rank or that promotion. And and then we like don't pay attention to the other things that have happened, the other good things that have happened along the way. And so that's one thing I encourage my team and my coaching clients to like celebrate every little thing. Don't just look to the big goals that you did or did not reach, but like every little thing in your life and in your business, let yourself feel that celebration because the more that we look to that, the more we like see God's goodness working along the way. It's like a gratitude thing, right? Like we forget to thank him. How often do we forget to thank him for just the minor things like, hey, God, there's a roof over my head. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, and celebrating the small wins is exercising the muscle of gratitude. Yes. So, okay. So get into the exciting part of how in 2022, you hit the top rank in your company and you ranked twice in 2022, right? Okay, so kind of tell that journey on how God moved people and just moved your, gave you that exponential growth that was just outrageous in 2022. So yes, I ranked up twice in 2022 and hitting the top rank at at the second promotion. Again, I know it's just because I had been working on getting him more involved in my business. I think I mentioned this earlier, but making God the CEO instead of a part-time consultant, hiring an outside mentor for me was something that was really great. And I think that's not done a lot in network marketing either. Like if you're an entrepreneur in a different industry, it may be like you, that might be one of the first things you do is hire an outside mentor, a business coach, or, you know, something like that. But for some reason, I feel like in network marketing industry, we feel like we don't need to do that or we can't do that, like that fear of investment in ourselves. But I needed to do that. And he just, he worked in so many ways this year and made those two promotions happen. And it's because I was not chasing the promotion. I wasn't running for, let me get to that next rate. Let me get to that. I was chasing God and what he was calling me to do. And in fact, the in November is just when I, no, the November 2022 is when I hit the top rank of my company. So very recently, and it wasn't even- Congratulations, by the way. Congratulations. I, I actually got on like a celebration Zoom with my company and they were asking a few different people who had hit the top rank that month, like to share their stories. And I'm hearing these stories of other women talking about like they were really running for it and pushing for it all month long and their team was on board. And that that part's great too. Like there, again, I believe there's a time for hustle and business. You can't just be lazy. You know, there's gotta be a time of hard work. But I've when I came on, I was like, well, I feel um a little against the grain here, but it just kind of happened for us this month. Like we knew it could happen possibly. We knew it was close. We, of course, our goal setting, we're working together as a team, but we're just joyfully working and we're showing up. We're learning to tap into like the way God's calling us to show up in our business. And that's how we're showing up. And in the last couple, like two days before month's end, I look in my back office and which we call our green room. It's funny because you said green room earlier before we were starting this. I look in there and I'm like, we're at 98%. We're 98% two days away. And there were still a couple of hooks that needed to be jumped through. And he made it happen in like 
the final hours. And it's funny because I have a lot of women on my team are real faith-based too. And one of them was like, God works great things in the final hours. And it did, it just happened. And I felt like it wasn't because we were running and pushing, yes, have a goal in mind, but our priority was authentically showing up joyfully in our business in a way that's sustainable, in a way that serves, in a way that God's calling you to do. And then he was like, look what I will make happen for you. See, I've always, one of the bold prayers that I pray is, God, make it happen in such a way that there is no doubt in anybody's mind that it's anything other than you. Like, that's it. Like, that is what I I long for any impact that I make, whether it's the podcast or my social selling business, like, make it happen in such a way that people know that it's not me and that it's not other than you. And I love those moments because I don't want to be tempted to take credit for it. I, um, as a seven, I may like to be the center of attention just a little bit. And that's like, because I, I know like I would be so tempted to take credit for whatever he blesses in my business or or this podcast or whatever. And it's like that, like, you know, without a doubt that was him. Like, so, okay. I know goal setting is huge. And this is something that, and we, you mentioned it earlier, quit chasing the promotion. And that's something I truly believe in. Cause when I set I made the promotion an idol. That's what I, when I'm this rank, this will happen and this will happen and this, and like, I totally chase that. And it wasn't until I let that idol go and said, God, if I never make that fine, if this business is yours, do with it what you want. Not only did I feel more joy, more peace in my heart, less anxiety, less pressure, less, you know, all those things. But then he, he's just, he's blessed my business beyond compare. I'm not at that rank, but I also don't have right, like that desire's gone too. Like, but how do you balance goal setting with, because we do, we, I mean, ideally it's a goal, right? You want your team members, we want to have goals, like you want to hit that rank or whatever. How do you balance goal setting and prioritizing what God wants for your business? So for me, it is goal setting with the Lord involved. In past goal settings, Maybe I would have an X amount of sales I'm trying to hit for the month. Or maybe I would have like a certain rank promotion that I'm trying to run for. But now, instead of just saying like, I'm setting my goal for X amount of sales, I really have turned it into like, let me have a bigger impact this month. Let me meet new people so that I can shine your light, Lord. And and, and I'm praying that my goal is like that, that flows over into my business. Now, I know when we talk about like getting specific, measurable, those smart type of goals and we're really putting a number to it, I still do try to break it down and have some numbers in mind. But I know like the main goal is not just the number. The main goal is how am I impacting more? How am I spreading that light more? How am I like stepping out in faith more? And I think being able to mesh those together is what made a big difference and not just putting that number or that promotion out there. Does that make sense? No, it absolutely does. Can you give us an example? Because I think this is what we all have trouble with, right? One of my, I think it's episode one or two, is whose vision are you chasing, right? We are conditioned to have vision boards. That's something that, yeah, I'll have a vision board. You want to see what you're going for every like. And 
so often our vision boards are things that we want and we, you know, the materialistic things, although behind the material, you know, like, oh, I want to trip with my family, da, 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 da. So for, let's say, have you figured out your goals yet for January? Do you kind of have an idea of where, or do you have goals this month that are smart, measurable? Let me put it like that way. a certain amount of sales sort of a deal? Is that what you Yeah, because I would love to give an action item for our listeners about like, how do you mesh the two? Like what, saying I want to have a great impact, but if you're, if this is the first time, let's say they have a brand new business or new in their business, what do you think would be a good way to mesh? They want to serve God. They want to create an impact, but they also, I mean, they're doing this too because they're not doing it for fun. They're doing it for a financial, you know, to support family. What would that look like, do you think, for somebody, the average person? I think it's really smart in your business to go look at, um, if you have a certain number in mind you would like to bring in this month, then you need to go look at, know your call plan and look at that and figure out what your sales need to look like to bring in that money. So I I do start there, but I, I just always like to condition my heart to not think about money from a selfish place. So just check yourself. Like if you're thinking I'm setting the goal because I'd like to bring in X amount of money this month, just give yourself a heart check. If that money is because it's going to support your family and you'd like to type 10% of it and you'd like to, you know, whatever, or you need that to, to keep you from overdrafting so you're able to move into a season of living and giving, whatever, like give yourself a heart check with your goal. You can still say, this is the amount I would like to make this month and here's the amount I need to sell in order to make that happen but also making sure that your heart's in the right place. And for me personally, that's also when when I make goals, I pray, Lord, like, please don't take all selfishness out of this for me um, in what I'm making because I don't want to have a goal to make X amount of money just to make X amount of money. Like there's gotta be good that comes from that. So at first that looked like for me, paying off debts for my family. Then it became building a home for my family. Now I'm to the point where I'm like giving more and making sure that I tithe 10% of what I bring in. And I think when you, so set those goals, make them specific and measurable and those smart goals, but also give yourself a heart check in it. And you know what? And I think one of the reasons that God has blessed you so abundantly in 2022 is because your heart check was all of 2020 into 20. 21, right? Like he saw the consistency of you putting him first in the quiet times, the times that nobody else saw. He he saw you doing this, that, and saying, God, prepare my heart, prepare my heart. So then when all of this, the explosive and massive growth happened, it wasn't a, when I'm tut rank, then you are, your heart was already in the right place. Like he knew that then. And I think that that's what we think with a world of the, that has to be on social media and we want to share everything, I mean, we think that everything has to be seen when so much of what we do is behind the scenes in the quiet spaces, you know, in the war room of our prayers and in just like our gratitude journals, celebrating the small victories. God, you brought me a client or this one ordered again. Thank you, Lord. Like that's where those kind of, that's where that prepares your heart to say, Lord, this rank would mean 
that I can pay off the rest of my debt, you know, my credit card debt or my student loans or whatever. Right. And we just, that's what we forget, I think. So. Right. Yeah. Don't, don't chase it for the recognition or to be on like, you know, a top seller, top enroller list. But if you're, if there's like that heart check where you're chasing it for the right reasons and it's aligned with God is calling you in your life, then that's where, for one, you're going to experience happiness all the way, like all along the way. Because anytime we think once I get to XYZ or ABC, once I get there, then I'll be happy. Once this happens, then I'll be happy. Unless you fix your heart what or do that internal work, once you get there, you're still going to be miserable. So learn how to be happy now. Like get your heart in the right place and get your priorities in alignment with the Lord and start just living in that gratitude and that happiness now. And He'll start making things happen in your business. Yes, you have to take action. Yes, you've got a goal set and work on some things. But when you when your heart's in the right place, it's going to flow better. Yeah. One other thing I want to go back to the fact that you're an Enneagram 3 is an achiever. When it goes to recognition, you like recognition. You're competitive as a 3, right? Like, yeah. okay. So how do you balance that too? Because like, I'm competitive. Like there's never been a friends and family game night that I've been invited back to. That's how competitive I am. I only get invited once because the recognition is nice. Like I'm a words of affirmation girl, like honest, like I would love to be recognized. How do you balance that with going, okay, God, like, but this top rank is kind of nice. Like, how do you balance that too? So you're right about that. I'm also the type two, which is the helper. But helpers mm-hmm. also tend to like appreciation, but I'm also a people pleaser. So I feel like I've never been someone that is so competitive. I have to be number one. Now, in the beginning of my business, some of my goals were like, I'm going to be on that top seller report. Now I'm going to be on that top enroller report. Now I'm going to be in that recognition report. And a couple of times that happened. But then I re- also realized that that wasn't really what I wanted, like just to be on that. It really was what I wanted. And so the I think that it's more of the appreciation side. And I get that from my teammates, like just being in relationship with them and pouring into them what I've learned and what God calls me to share. And then being in relationship with my clients, I get a lot of that appreciation back in a very different way than like being on a talk report. That's interesting. I wonder too, is when's the last time you tested for the Enneagram when you were looking at when do you know when oh, you took not that long ago? Because I do like a health program that the the mental health coach in there. So it was probably just yeah. a few months because that's what all my notes are that I was looking at as I was How funny. Okay. Cause the other thing too is if you haven't, here's here's my suggestion for anybody who's interested in the Enneagram is the book that's called The Road Back to You. It's by Ian Crowen and Suzanne something. But the line that I heard the most was you start to read the book and you read every single number and the number that where you're reading it and go, that's not me. And you want to throw the book at the wall because it like it hit something because that's the number you are. Mm-hmm. And it's it's taken me a couple of times because and in different seasons, we test differently, too, because we think we want to put a number when like because when you're testing, it's. It's crazy. Anyways, but I suggest when you, and all that free time you've got between your full-time job and your your rank and, you know, (laughs) so, but 
I don't want to take up any more time. I want to thank you so much for your your time. I'm glad that we finally got this together and could make this work. I want you to share with your listeners, one, where can they find you? How you mentioned a, a coaching program that you have got. I would love for you to share that with them too, where they can find that. I'll put all of Lacey's information too in the show notes. So you guys can just click through and get to her links as well. But how can how can listeners find you and get more information about what you offer? Okay, so on Facebook, I'm just Lacey Wall on there. No special characters or anything. And it's my name is spelled uniquely. It's L-A-C-E-E and then W-A-L-L. So Lacey Wall on Facebook. On Instagram, I'm Lacey.Wall spelled the same way. And then the coaching program that I have is called the Kingdom Aligned Growth Accelerator for Social Sellers. And you can find actually on my Instagram profile and Facebook, there's a link in my bio. I have like a free training that you can check out. And then I also have kingdomalignedgrowth.com, which is my website. And it has, it'll link you to the free training and other information on there as well. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for sharing your story. I know that it'll inspire others and give hope to those who are in the season of stuck and that God will use this however he wants to use it. So that's what I'm inspired by. And um, just thank you so much for your time. All right, GBR family, I am so thankful that you have been here with another episode with me and getting to meet Lacey as well. I hope you follow her on Facebook and Instagram. And like I said, all this stuff will be in the show notes for you so you can link up with her and get more information of what she has to offer. And this was a great session and I cannot wait to talk to you guys next week. Great session today. I'll see you back here next week. In the meantime, be sure to follow the real Shira on Instagram. And if you have any questions between this week and next week's session, be sure to email me at girlboss.rehab at gmail.com. And remember, God already factored in stupidity when he assigned us our mission and purpose. Mm-hmm.